This morning, I want to deliver a message to you entitled, Building Up Your Faith. Building Up Your Faith. What does it take to please God? What might we say? Well, some people think that the way you please God is through ritual, through ceremony. Maybe you chant certain prayers or you pray certain rituals over and over again. Maybe you light some incense or light a few candles and do some ritualistic things to please God. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. Some people think that the way to please God is through rules and regulations and to make a list of all the things that you're supposed to do and then another list of all the things that you're not supposed to do. And then if you do all the things on the do list and don't do all the things on the don't do list, then somehow you're okay with God. But that's not what the Bible says either. Some people think that you please God through religion or religious activities, that maybe you observe certain holy days or go to a bunch of religious experiences and have communion and do whatever else that you need to do, and that God's going to say, you're on my A-list because you're religious enough. But that's not what the Bible says either. The Bible teaches us that God is not interested in rituals and rules or regulations or religion. What he's interested in is relationship. And relationship is the most important thing. He wants you and I to learn to trust him. Not just in some uh, book cover like kind of way. Let me just show you my book cover. Let me just show you what I am on the outside. But what are you on the inside? And the Bible teaches us that it's impossible to please God unless you have one thing. As far as I know throughout the scripture, there's only one thing that I can find where it says, if you have this, you please God. Right on? And it's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I'm going to be looking at a lot of different scriptures today and from a lot of different translations. And so I think I have every one of them that's going to be on the board today. And so I apologize that I'm probably not giving you an opportunity to fan through your Bible but uh, you hold on to it tight anyway, amen? Uh, Ephesians chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. That tells me that the only thing that I can have that will please him will be faith, trust, not out of ritual and, 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 and ceremony and rules and regulation, but out of relationship. Trust, deep relationship. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I want to talk to you today, uh, and maybe next week as well, we'll see how much time that I have, uh, about, I want to talk to you about building up your faith. We get that phrase actually from Jude um, chapter 1 verse 20 from the Living Bible where it says, build your lives on the foundation of your holy faith. Are you getting that? One of the, the foundation of our whole Christian experience is built on faith based on relationship that equals trust. Like I trust Diane with my life. I don't trust any of you with my life. Don't take that negatively. But the one person I know in this life that I can count on 100% in this earthen realm is that woman right there. I have faith in her. Okay? I trust her. And that's based on relationship. 
And what is faith? Anyway, I mean, I'm interested in pleasing God. Uh, Apparently, you're interested in pleasing God, too, because you are here, after all, on a Sunday morning uh, in church. And, and, And if God says it's impossible to please me unless you have faith, then I think it's pretty important to know about that faith that would please God. Do you get what I'm saying? So then we ask, what is faith? Well, first, faith is multifaceted. It's, it's like a diamond. I mean, it's just cuts multifaceted. There's so many different aspects of faith that in one uh, service or two, I couldn't even teach you everything that there is to know about faith. And so today, I want to take an opportunity to take a look at six aspects of faith, six different things about faith, of how to live the kind of faith life that pleases God. Did you hear me? I want to live the kind of faith life that pleases God. If you want to look at faith, you have to go to the Bible, of course, and you have to go, I I, I forgot that we are actually going to look at one full passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 11. All right, we're going to read a bunch of Scripture here in Hebrews chapter 11. Why don't you go there with me? When you get to your destination, all of you that are a part of discipleship training, you know what you're supposed to do. All right, there we go. Hebrews chapter 11 is uh, known as God's Hall of Fame. It might be better labeled God's Hall of Faith above all the things that are there. And it's a list of all the great men and women of God, um, who basically God said, these folks did good. These folks pleased me. Uh, uh, They had faith. They did it right. They got something right. They were men and women of faith. And so let's read, and then we're going to look at six aspects of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks." By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, look here, that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And we also see in verse 7, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Number eight, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place he would receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised." 
Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were many, were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the sea. There's so many others that I could read over. But I want us to take a look at a couple of uh, six aspects of faith, and we're going to refer to a number of these other ones listed in the Hall of Faith. Can you say amen? amen. So we see in verse 1, what is faith? This is from the Living Bible. I love this version of it. What is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we can't see it up ahead. Man, that's such a powerful <coughs> rendition of that passage of Scripture. The confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. Number one on your paper, faith is believing when I don't see it. That's the first and most important aspect of faith. Faith is visualizing the future in the presence. It's believing that what's going to happen is already happened in the spirit realm. It's seeing it in advance. It's being certain in your heart and confident that what you don't see has actually already happened. You're just waiting to catch up with it kind of thing. We often say things like, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Anybody ever said that before? I'll believe it when I see it. And God says, no, you got that backwards. That's not the way it works in the spirit realm. Some things you have to believe it in order to see it. you got to believe it first before it's ever even visible because that's actually the definition of faith. For example, whether you're an architect who plans a building, you're able to, that architect is able to have a vision about what's ahead and, and map all that out in a blueprint before it's ever even been built. Or maybe an Olympic, Olympic athlete or professional athlete, uh, you know, they want to break a world's record. They see it happening in their own heart and their own mind before it's ever even taken place. An entrepreneur who's building a business sees ahead where he or she is going before it's ever happened and they're preparing for all of those things. See, you have to believe it before you see it. All of the things that I just talked about require faith. You have to believe it's possible in advance, up front, long before uh, it will ever be possible. You've got to believe it's possible already. And that's what the Bible says that faith is, believing what I don't see. Well, that just goes against the human thinking, right? Because we've got to see it to believe it. There's a guy by the name of uh, Warner Van Braun. He was the father of the space age. He built the uh, Atlas rocket and the Saturn rockets that went to the moon. And he made this statement. <clears throat> There's never been any significant achievement in human history that was not accompanied by faith. Faith. Amen. we got to have it. It all started out by believe, somebody believing that the impossible was possible and seeing it in existence before it ever came into existence. That's what faith is. Faith turns dreams into reality. It's believing before you see it. It's far more than that, though. The second aspect I want to share with you this morning is that faith is obeying even when you don't understand it. Uh, faith is obeying even when you don't understand it. God gives us a couple of great examples of this. 
uh, right here from Hebrews chapter 11. One of them is uh, Noah. I mean, my goodness gracious. Just think of the doubt that Noah must have had. I mean, can you imagine one day God comes to you and says, Jim, I'm going to destroy the world except for you, and you're going to rebuild it. And most of us would say, me? What are you thinking, God? You missed something in the manual because it can't be me. No, would you have any doubts, maybe by chance, that something's wrong in the situation? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 from the Message Bible, by faith Noah built a ship in the middle of dry ground. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result? His family was saved. Faith, the Bible says, is obeying when you don't understand it. That's, it's, it's a part of faith. It doesn't make sense. Noah had to have all kinds of questions. He had to have all kinds of doubts because it had never happened before. The Bible says that before the flood, it had never rained. In fact, there was a mist <coughs> that came up out of the ground at that time and watered the earth like a condensation or a dew in the morning. It was a different kind of atmosphere before the flood. There had never been a thing called rain. It had never happened. So God shows up to Noah one day and says, I want you to build this big boat, Noah, because uh, there's going to be a flood. And Noah says, uh, what's a flood? And God says, well, you know, it's when you get a lot of rain. What's rain? Well, it's like when I take one of my big lakes and I put it in the sky and I just drop it on you. Well, I'm filled with doubt already, like that's going to happen, you know? I mean, Noah's got to be thinking, what? I mean, would you believe it if you'd never seen it? Come on, you know what I'm saying? But Noah, but Noah, everybody say, but Noah. Because he had faith, he obeyed it even though it made absolutely no sense to him. If there was ever an occasion where the lack of understanding was there, it had to be right there because it made no sense. There was no such thing as rain and floods. So God says, I want you to build this boat right here in the middle of the desert. And I don't want you to build it over at the ocean side because I'm going to bring the water to you. And I'm so glad that Noah obeyed even when it didn't make sense, because I don't know about you, but we've been hearing the story and, and, and being brought up by the story of Noah since we were small children. I'm, for one, glad he obeyed even when he didn't understand it. Can you say amen? Yeah. Example number two is another guy. Uh, first one was Noah. The next one is Abraham. We saw that in verse 8 where it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called out to the place which he would receive an inheritance. And he went out. Not know, he's just like any other man, ladies. He went out not knowing where he was going. <laughs> and I'm sure was not asking for directions. <laughs> I mean, here's Abraham, think about it. 75 years old, and he lived in a place uh, in my, modern Iraq that is called Ur of the Chaldees. That's where he was at. And God says, uh, you're getting ready to go on an adventure, uh, Abraham. At the ripe old age of 75, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you and I'm going to turn you into the father of a, a brand new country. And so uh, in the morning, get up. We're going to a different country. Now, I'm sure if he's anything like us, Abraham probably had his doubts. He had all kinds of questions like, where are we going? 
common question. God said, well, you never heard of the place. Well, that builds my faith even more, doesn't it? And Abraham said, well, how long is it going to take us to get there? God says, well, don't worry about it. He said, well, how am I going to know when we get there? God says, I'll let you know. That's sort of like the thing I used to tell my kids all the time when they say, how much longer, Dad? My answer was always 10 minutes. I don't care if we were 10 hours away or 5 minutes. It was 10 minutes, we'll be there. They had to have faith. Now, I wonder, would you do it? God shows up to you one evening. Is it a dream? Is it the pizza I had before I went to bed? And he says, get up in the morning because you're going away. Where, are you go- Where am I going? I ain't going to tell you. How long will it take? Don't worry about it. How do I know when I get there? I'll let you know. Come on, y'all. There's a whole lot going on right here because it didn't make sense. Faith is about obeying when it doesn't make sense. Faith always involves a risk. You need to understand that. If if there's not a risk involved, it's not faith. (coughs) It's calculation. Some people want a guarantee of success before they'll obey God. They read something in the Bible, and God tells them to to do something, and they say something like, okay, God, once you guarantee it's going to work, then then I'll do it. And God says, well, that doesn't require any faith. If I'm going to guarantee, I want you to, God will say, I want you to believe even when you don't see it, and I want you to obey even if you don't understand it, because then I know you truly trust me, and you truly have faith in me. In this book... Do you know that there's nearly 1,100 commandments in this book? Did you know that there are almost 500 behavioral commandments in the New Testament alone? God says do this or do that and your life will be blessed. That's throughout the entire Bible. And every time God tells you to do something, you need to understand that that's a test. It's a test of am I going to do what God tells me is the right thing to do, or am I going to do what I think is the right thing to do? Am I going to believe God knows best, or am I going to believe I know best what's for me? Of these nearly 1,100 commands, quite frankly and honestly, many of them seem unreasonable. Many of them seem unusual. Most of them seem inconvenient, without a doubt. Some of them seem flat out impossible to ever accomplish. But did you know that they are all for our benefit? Every one of them are there because God loves us. And guess what? Father knows best. Can you say amen? There were times when you were raising your kids and you told them to do things that they didn't totally get until they they grew up and had kids themselves. And then they're like, aha, I guess you did know what you were talking about. Me and Don lived that one by experience, I'll tell you right now. There's lots of times it doesn't make sense. For instance, God says that when you hurt people, or excuse me, when people hurt you, or they come against you and they abuse you, or they misuse you, you know, what what does God say? Forgive them, love them, pray for them. That's not the human. The human side is to retaliate, get even, do something. That's the natural thing. God always comes and brings something supernatural in a natural world. God says, for example, don't be resentful because resentment always hurts you more than the person you're being resentful against. Just forgive the other person and get, get this, for your own sake. 
Go ahead and forgive the other person. Amen. Get on with your life because if you hold on to the hurt, if you hold on to the bitterness, you're only hurting yourself. So get, do yourself a favor, give yourself a break, and forgive that other person. Amen. So if you learn to do whatever God tells you to do, even when it seems absurd, then God will bless your life. That's how you'll build a life of faith, doing the things that God asks you to do that you go, ain't no way. You missed it, God. Go back and look at your word again. I'm sure I have a deeper understanding and revelation of that word than you do, Father. On the other hand, if you ignore what God says to do, I don't believe that stuff. I'm going to do what I think is the right thing to do. I'm my own God. Then you miss out on great things. You miss out on great blessings that God has planned for your life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss any of God's stuff for me. How about you? Can you say amen? So faith is believing when I don't see it, and faith is obeying when I don't understand it. And the Bible also teaches us, this is number three, faith is giving when I don't have it. Giving and faith go together, without a shadow of a doubt. God uses finances all through the word to test our faith and to show us that lesson. I mean, have you ever been in a position in your life where you had to decide, am I going to tithe or am I going to pay that bill? Can I get a witness from okay, a couple honest people here where you kind of, what do I do? You knew you were at the, a moment of decision. It was a test. God's saying, well, who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust me or are you going to trust yourself? My promises will take care of you if you'll put your trust in me, the Lord says, Right? In Hebrews chapter 11, in the Hall of Fame, I thought it was interesting that the first dude that got mentioned in this Hall of Fame was Abel. The first one, he didn't have any grand accomplishments. He didn't do any great achievements. Abel brought an offering. He brought an offering that was acceptable to God. And he got first mention in the Hall of Faith. Are you kidding me? Don't tell me giving and faith don't have something to do together. It wasn't how much he gave, and it wasn't what he gave. It was how he gave it that got him first mention in the hall of faith. That's powerful. Hebrews 11.4, New Living Translation. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Wow. The Bible here is talking about giving in faith. And again, I, I, have to, I have to reiterate it. First mention, Brother Chuck, in the hall of fame or the hall of faith from Hebrews chapter 11 was Abel, who did not have any great achievements or great accomplishments, but brought a great offering that wasn't about how much it was or it wasn't about what it was. It was about how he brought it. And he got first mention. That is so intense to me. God cares about the attitude by which you and I give. You need to understand that there are two ways to give. You can either give by faith or you can give by fear. They're the only two ways. Maybe, maybe we can expand that. You can give by reason and calculation or you can give by Revelation, something that God plants in your heart. 
One of these you'll get credit for, the other one, excuse me, one of these you won't get credit for, and the other one pleases God. God is not pleased when I give out of fear. God is not pleased when I give out of reason or calculation. He wants me to give out of faith, and he wants me to give because something spoke to my heart, and something's happening in my heart. So first, I can give by reason. And when I give by reason, I look at my bank account, uh, I, I check my check stubs, I figure out how much I've got, I figure out what I can afford, and I give a reasonable amount based on those calculations. That's giving by reason. Can I help you? That requires that much faith. To give by reason and calculations requires zero, everybody say zero, zero, zero faith. No faith required. Can I help you? This may hurt your feelings, but an atheist can give like that. And his gift and your gift, given like that, are about the same to God. You don't have to believe God for that. The other way to give is, like I said, by revelation. And revelation is when you pray and, and you ask God and you say, God, what do you want me to give? God, how much do you want me to trust you for this time? Well, there's a good word. How much do you want me to trust you for this time? It's giving by faith, and that's the kind of faith that God blesses. When I do something that's absurd, it doesn't make any sense. I can't see it, and I sit and I, but God plants it in my heart. God says, when you put me first in any of area of your life, I'm going to bless that area of your life. I don't think you got that. The thing I want you to understand is that when you put God first in any area of your life, that's the area of your life he's going to bless. You want him to bless you in the area of your life with your kids? Then put him first in that area of your life. <clears throat> you want to have him bless you first in the area of your marriage? Put him first in, the area, in that area of your life. If you want to have him bless excuse me, and anoint you in the area of your finances, then put him first in that area of your life and watch yourself multiply because of that faith in the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. You cannot outgive God. The more you give, the more God gives back to you. <clears throat> Some people want to say, well, God, you give to me, and then I'll give to you. But that's not faith. It's kind of like, hey, God, if you bring this big windfall, and when it arrives, uh, I'll give some of it back to you. You know, my grandma always used to say, when my ship comes in, Ricky, we're going to have all kinds of stuff. Well, I never, I never saw her ship come in. <laughs> it was always, when my ship comes in. You know, doing that kind of idea, Lord, when, you, when my ship comes in, I'll give to you. Can I help you with something? That's not faith. That's gratitude. That says, thanks for bringing some stuff to me. I'm going to give you something back. There's no faith that's required in that setting. Giving is when, giving by faith <laughs> is when you can't afford it. You take a chance. It's when you give in advance. It's when you're like planting a seed in advance. You, how many know you got to put the seed in the ground before there's a a harvest at the end of the season? Can I get a witness for somebody? We're all wanting to get the harvest and then plant a seed. That's not how it works. 
It goes the other way around. We talked about that a little bit with the Macedonian people in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3, for it says, I, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they gave. I don't, listen, I know there's a passage of Scripture that says to give according to one's ability. That is a fundamental giving principle. Yes, 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 and amen. But there are times that God says, well, I need you to give beyond your ability because I need you to exercise your faith in me. Sure is quiet in this giving church. The best time to give, if you own a business, is when your business is in the dumps. The best time to give, even from your household, is when your household finances is taking a flush. That's a good time to give because that's when you need God's help the most. Anybody can give when you've got an excess funds flowing. Anybody can give from that setting. Anybody can believe when it's sitting right there in front of you. Anybody can obey when you already see the possible results. You see, faith demonstrates that I, I believe even before I see it. Faith demonstrates that I'll act even when it makes and I'll obey even when it makes no sense. Faith demonstrates that I'm going to give even when I don't have it. I want God to bless your life, but God is saying, I want to bless your life, but you've got to trust me first. You've got to put me first. You've got to put your faith in me. Faith is giving when I don't have it. But you know, it's even more than that. And the others you're going to have to hear next week. I did three, didn't I? I got three more. So, faith is believing when I don't see it. Faith is obeying when I don't understand it. Faith is giving when I don't have it. I want to see all of us exercise our faith in all areas of our life, not just in the gift goes on, not just in the financial areas, but in all the other areas of our life as well. Can you say amen? If you can believe this part of this message and receive it, would you give the Lord a praise in the house of God? Next week we'll pick up the rest. Uh, well, no, next week we won't because, uh, Steve, you've got to do the other half of my message next week. <laughs> Here's my notes. <laughs> Steve's actually uh, scheduled to preach next week. We'll talk about that because I got halfway through this message. Oh, Lord, show us how to have this kind of faith. Because I never said having this kind of faith. I never said, let me tell you an easy thing to do. I got this easy breezy thing for you all. I never said that, did I? What, what I did say is that true faith takes risk. Is willing to step out on, on a limb. I'm going to close with this illustration, and I've used this many times. But I love the show Indiana Jones. You like, you like the Indiana Jones shows? Uh, I, I, although apparently I'm not an Indiana Jones freak because I can't remember which movie this comes from. But it's the, part, it's the part where he's going through the tunnel and he has this little booklet that his dad gave him. And in this little booklet are some actual biblical principles that he has to figure out what it means. One is kneeling down in penitence, 
et cetera, et cetera. And he gets to this uh, opening, and he comes to this opening, and there's this great chasm between where he's at and on the other side. How many of you know the scene that I'm talking about? And he's like, I think, walk by faith, I think is what it said in his little book. I have to walk by faith and not by sight. And he's like, what am I going to do? And even, yeah, I'm, that's right, brother, jump up and down, hallelujah. And uh, we, we know that in that scene, he closes his eyes. And he steps out, right? And when he steps out, I can't even keep my balance. I'm, not, I'm just on a two- he steps out, and, uh, and guess what? There's something there. He couldn't see it. He did the most absurd thing possible. But he says, i got to walk by faith and not by sight. What's my point? Sometimes you got to just close your eyes and step out. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a praise in the house of God. Yes! Give us faith, the Lord. Give us that kind of faith, God. Fill us with your faith, Lord. Oh, Lord. We believe. Help us with our unbelief. We ask that in Jesus' name. Praise God. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a moment. I never want to leave a service without giving some, somebody an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ into their life. To put their trust in him. And I'm not saying you have to have all the answers or that you even need to understand it. I don't understand. I'm not an electrician, so I don't understand how I can flip a light switch and all the lights come in. Come on. Uh, I, I don't understand how I can use my remote and I can control all my electronics in my house, but I still use it, even though I don't understand it. What's my point? You don't have to have all the wealth of knowledge and understanding to say, I want to put my trust in Jesus. It's about taking that step to recognize that something's missing in your life, and Jesus is the one who can fill that void. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me this morning, and I want us all to say this prayer together. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I accept you into my heart today. Help me to learn to trust you more. I don't need to understand you to receive you. I know that you understand me and that you have received me. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Help me, Lord, 